The Public News Service Daily Newscast for June the 28th, 2022. I'm Mike Clifford. The Pennsylvania budget deadline is looming this week. Governor Tom Wolf there is calling for a minimum wage increase that would get the state to $15 an hour by the year 2028. The analysis from Keystone Research Center found an estimated 1.46 million Pennsylvania workers would see higher wages through the increase. Keystone Research Center's Claire Kovach says the workers who would most benefit are the ones who were deemed essential during the pandemic, such as those in healthcare, retail, social services, and more. She says the state minimum wage has been stagnant for far too long. One of the minimum wage jobs that I worked 12 years ago is still advertised at $7.25 per hour today. So the minimum wage worker who stands where I stood a dozen years ago, they're getting paid a wage with around 25% less buying power than I was back then. The increase to $15 by 2028 would account for a $3,800 raise for the average year-round worker, Kovach says. If passed, the gradual increase would start with a boost to $12 an hour in July. Opponents to a minimum wage increase are concerned about the cost to businesses. I'm Emily Scott. The MIT Living Wage Calculator shows that today a single adult in Pennsylvania needs to earn nearly 17 bucks an hour to support themselves, and a single adult with one child needs nearly $33 per hour to support their family. On Thursday, the Supreme Court took a step to limit states' abilities to pass gun control legislation, but the move likely won't directly impact gun policies in states like Indiana. The decision struck down a century-old New York law that required folks to demonstrate a self-defense need when applying for a concealed carry permit. Legal scholars say the decision will have ripple effects on gun control policies nationwide. But Pierre Atlas with IUPUI's Paul H. O'Neill School of Public and Environmental Affairs says Hoosiers are unlikely to directly feel those effects. I would say, though, that the logic of the ruling and what they say about the Second Amendment in general could have an effect in Indiana in terms of any other current gun laws or any laws that might be um, put on the books in the future. Atlas says the court's ruling essentially reinforces Indiana's approach to gun permitting and gun control. Indiana's current policies are known as shall-issue laws, where the burden of proof to deny a gun license is on the state. New York's now-defunct law was a may-issue policy, which shifts the burden onto the citizen to prove they need the firearm. This is Jonah Chester reporting. CNN reports three people dead, at least 50 injured, after an Amtrak train derailed Monday in Missouri. A spokesperson for Missouri State Highway Patrol told reporters two of the people killed were aboard the train, the third in a dump truck that the train struck. This is PNS. June is National Home Ownership Month, as some North Carolina credit unions and banks say they're working to reduce the racial wealth gap by offering programs to help low-income residents, especially those of color, purchase their first home. Tucker Bartlett with Self-Help Credit Union says homeownership rates among black North Carolinians has hovered at around 47 percent, compared with 75 percent for white households. He says Self-Help has implemented credit building and savings programs and offered financial coaching to help reduce barriers and shrink homeownership gaps. And our hope is through these um, home ownership type programs, we are doing just that to to help those that don't have the benefit of generational wealth to start creating wealth for their family and their kids. 
Data from the U.S. Mortgage Insurer's 2021 National Homeownership Market Survey shows the major obstacles preventing homeownership for people of color include the inability to afford a 20% down payment, low credit score, and a low supply of affordable homes. Nadia Ramlagan reporting. As society benefits when colleges and universities enroll and graduate traditionally underserved students, but some schools are better than others. The nonprofit think tank Third Way released a new economic mobility index this year to measure whether a school creates a path to the middle class. The EMI ranked Texas A&M International and the University of Texas Rio Grande Valley third and fourth behind two California institutions. Magdalena Hinojosa with UTRGV's Student Affairs Division says the return on investment is climbing. At our institution, we have a brand new medical school, and so you begin to see that we don't just impact that one individual student when they graduate with a degree. We impact their entire family. I'm Roz Brown. Finally, Eric Tegadoff lets us know Washington State's primary election is coming up and election officials are calling on voters to be vigilant about misinformation. Washington Secretary of State Steve Hobbs says misinformation at election time has become more prevalent. He says local election officials are being more proactive and encourages people who have questions about the voting process to reach out to their local county auditor. We can't sit idly by anymore. We actually have to not only, you know, remind them to vote and sign their ballot, but also let them know what the ballot process is so that gives them the security and confidence to know that their votes are going to count. Washington State's primary is on August 2nd. Ballots will go out in mid-July. Online and mail voter registrations must be received by July 25th. This is Mike Clifford for Public News Service. Member Endless is supported. Heard on radio stations big and small. Find your trust indicators at publicnewsservice.org.